Roger. Yeah, I think you're pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in me. Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Welcome. This is live to tape. This is live to Jimmy Jakes of Consequence, Alpha Test, Butt Blast, Fresh Cash, Fresh Catch, riding straight to your sternum on Daddy's Big Red Truck here live on Live to Tape with me, Jimmy Jackson, also known as, uh, um, <laughs> it's like I don't even want to say my name anymore, why should I even say it? Hi, it's me, Johnny Pemberton, welcome to the podcast, this is a real fucking ripper of a blaster of a hot boy here. Daddy's truck is filled with diesel and it's got like two engines. One, You know what it's got? It's got an engine for each wheel and it's been freshly painted red by all the kids in town. Each had their own brush. Each kid had their own brush. They painted Daddy's big red truck and they got a nickel for their works. That's what happened here, okay? So that's what happened. That's a really good thing to happen. It's always great when uh, kids can feel worth of themselves by in helping out Daddy with his big red truck, building it up good and strong and, and sweet and awesome and fun. Thanks for being here. This is a really wonderful episode of the podcast. Uh, we we're just listening to a little bit of uh, the band High on Fire from the album. Uh, I don't even know. It's from uh, the really good one that I love. That, it's, that song was called 10,000 Years. From High on Fire. That was a loop of it I made. So uh, thanks for being here. A few orders of business right away just to get out of the way before the way gets under the way, which is uh, all part of the same words somehow, even though they all mean very different things. Number one, please come see me this Friday in Minneapolis if you have any way to do it whatsoever. You're gonna be you're gonna be so happy you did. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Friday, October 26th at the Parkway Theater. Tickets are available online, as expected, at theparkwaytheater.com. The show is called Moving Through Physical Space. It's a comedy show. It's just me. It's going to be really, uh, it's going to be great. Put your fucking helmet on. I think I may actually ask people to wear helmets or at least to bring a helmet just for the hell of it. No, I'm not going to do anything that's going to injure you. I just like the idea of a, a bunch of strangers 
just think about that. How cool would it be if like, like 50 of you had fucking helmets on in the audience of a comedy show? Just, it would just be great. It'd be like this thing where, I don't know, it, it would make me feel, it would enliven me, or however you say that. It would, it would, it would, uh, it would strike a chord in my heart and brain that would make me, it'd be like listening to music, but it's listening to music with my eyes, seeing a bunch of strangers wearing helmets at this comedy show. I would love it. So do it. Uh, I'll find a way to compensate you. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have merch on sale. Some merch for sale. The the few remaining limited edition live to tape uh, t-shirts that weren't weren't uh, scrapped up by Patreon members, which does still exist. It's called Patreon.com/slash/live-to-tape. If you want to support the podcast, that's the only way to do it that I know of. Live to tape. Live? No, it's patreon.com slash live to tape. Okay, that's a separate thing now, but please come out to the show. If you can, it's going to be outstanding. So this, you'll probably be hearing this on a Wednesday, and it's on a Friday, so you only have two days. It might be sold out by then. It's not a huge theater, uh, but it's a good size. So if it's sold out, I'm sorry you slept on it, and that's just how it is. You know, if you want something, you got to fucking get it. Like these tickets. Get these tickets. Tell your friends. Tell everyone. If you know anyone who lives in Minneapolis who is at all slightly cool, tell them to come out because it's going to be a fucking ripper. I've already cursed so much already. I feel bad. And now, like, introduce the guest, Maddie Matheson, speaking with Johnny Pemberton on this episode of Live to Tape. Have a good time. Chow, chow, do, do, do. Hello, do. Meow, 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 meow. Okay. Towder, chesting, chapter, chapter eleven. Sell it all. Me- Meckle. Meckle. Trust. Trustfall. Trust my tree. Trust your tree. All right. We're here with the Tree Trusters International, uh, brought to you by Maddie Madison. Build us a fort. Build us a fort. If you trust trees, build us a fort. If you don't, then I'm sorry about that. It's your it's your loss, your fine, your call, your life. So, um, you like food. Oh, food's nice. <laughs> food's nice. It's warming. So it's warming, yeah. It warms your soul if you have one. If you're lucky enough to have one. Or it can build one, right? It can build a soul. You can build up. If you have no soul, it works either ways. If you have no soul, you you have good food. Maybe you have soul. Have you ever found that to be the case where you found someone you thought was beyond redemption, but they were saved through like a food experience that that you uh, created? I don't know. I, I think you know. I don't like sharing food with people that I don't even like. So oh. you're not in that situation. Yeah. So you know, I don't even know. Like if I don't like somebody and like there's food going down, it's just like you gotta. I don't know. Just that'd leave. be like a prison situation, or maybe like a bond yeah. sort of thing where you have to. I think if you had like a nemesis, if you're there, like you eating, right. maybe maybe there's there's been some shows. There's been some shows where people try to like cook or bring die. people together through food. Right. I think. You know, like that seems to be sort of the whole Palestine thing Israel now. bowl of soup. Let's get it together. Ball of falafel. Ball, ball, a ball of falafel. It does it does bother me. Not bother me, but I think it's strange that there's so much problems between two people who essentially eat the same thing. Mm, it's true. Like the world needs to smarten up. Yeah, and realize that falafel is good, <laughs> no matter incredible. what religion made it. It's true. It's delicious. Deep fried parsley and yeah, chickpea. The, the parsley is a uh, and I'm the garlic. a big parsley guy. Parsley is incredible. You love your 
pretty much a full-time gardener. Um, I wish I was. <laughs> I mean, that's probably like you take that from my bio or something. <laughs> oh, dude, the garden right now is Quite in a green disarray. Thumb. Yeah, I do have a green thumb, but right now it's uh, we're in a, I call a holding pattern. Yeah, maybe um a rebuilding year. Yeah, I would say. it's a rebuild. But you it's gonna burn burn down the crop. You know. Yeah, burn it down or let the just let it get California. You guys have good stuff out here. You guys are I was saying this yeah. the other day, you guys are like the white privilege of the food world. Well, we because have, you've never yeah. had to fight to have like I'm like in Canada you have like rutabaga for like six months. True. And beets and turnip and potato. And it's just like like that's the thing. Like out here everyone's just you have everything forever. Everything we have something called the second spring, which mm. is which is the greatest thing ever. I learned about it. Just accidentally, because I was like, you can keep growing stuff through the winter, and you can grow stuff in the winter here that you normally would grow in the spring someplace else, and it grows like, like you can grow peas in the winter time here, just and they grow peas. better than any place. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's insane. And just, I was at, at this house today, the front yard, just a couple persimmon trees. There's really? the pomelo trees in the back. I was just like, yeah. a bunch of fucking lemon trees and lime trees. I was like, this is like this is just like random fruit trees. The citrus is kind of a disease almost. It's just everywhere. Yeah, it's disgusting. There's also a lot of bad citrus. Yeah. There's a lot of like citrus where oh, that tree looks good, but the lemons taste like crap. There's mm. also... There's a couple of trees on our block where there's one orange tree that's just ridiculous, like tastes like juice. Yeah. And there's one uh, as a mandarin tree. No, sorry, a uh, nectarine. What's the oranges? The tangerine tree. Tangerine. Ooh, that tangerine. goes. That thing Banking. is ridiculous. Dark Savings. orange. Yeah, that's nice. So you want to talk about your news? I feel like we just talked about this right before we started recording, but I feel like it's such a big thing. I want to say it now before we don't. Yeah, like uh, you're a New York I'll, Times bestseller. New, I am a New York <laughs> Times bestselling author, and it, it, it's crazy. Like it's um, this is your first book, right? It's my first book. Okay, <laughs> wrote it myself. You know, like like no weird ghostwriter thingy, right. or um, like wrote it myself. Most of it I wrote on my phone, wow. and um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's just a very surreal thing. Like. Um, it's really funny because like uh, Bob Weir is playing. Okay. So Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. He's playing, playing the hotel tomorrow, okay. like in the theater at the Ace. And so I was down in the I was down in the restaurant and like Big Steve Parrish, who's like the OG, like king of the roadies of the Grateful Dead. Like Listeners, also, you're, you're wearing a Grateful Dead T-shirt right now. Yeah. So. And bring this all together. Bring this all together. I'm just wearing, I'm wearing a Dead shirt, '72 yeah. tour shirt, and literally like. Uh, Steve Parrish like came up to me and was like, "Hey, I'm a big fan of your show." Wow. And I was just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Did you say which one? Yeah, like what the fuck yeah, are you talking about? Like, which show? Which show? I have so <laughs> many. Big Steve. Well, I'm a big fan of yours because he has this radio show on XM Radio, and it's really amazing. He's extremely patient because like Dead fans are really kind of dummies most yeah. of the time, and they're just calling. They're like, "Man, I was at this show." He's like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you were there, uh, and literally. Uh, so we were hanging out. He like he was like, come sit at our table, and we're hanging out with him and the crew, and um, and then I just I got a phone call from my editor, and he was just like, dude, we did it. He's like, you're a New York Times bestselling author, and it's just like one of those wow. things where I was just like, I just don't I don't know because there's no um, like being a Canadian, right? There's no like real accolades i feel with a lot of things like even like the canadian you want to tamp it down yeah like we're really we're humble over there mm -hmm. and like there's no like james beard 
Awards, which okay. is it like a culinary award? That's international, isn't it? No, is it's just an American thing. Oh, really? See, I didn't, I, so I there's just American like, problems. We think everything is everywhere. Every yeah. You don't have that. Oh, yeah, that's what? weird. Do you guys don't have McDonald's? What? No, but the the. So it was, it's, uh, yeah, it's very surreal. Like, I called my wife, and she started, like, crying and freaking out, and I called my parents, and it's just, like, one of those things that is just, um, it's very surreal. And then I just came up into, like, my room and drank a bottle of water and, like, laid on the, my bed and waited for this. Waited for you, Johnny. Wow. Waited. I'm here. I'm here We're in the, here. Uh, the, the, what's that called when the, the, I think it's called the Panoop. I'm trying to think of a Panoop. cool $10, uh, the Panoop. Yeah. The Shadow of a Planet. The penumbria. The penumbria. I think that's it. That's probably wrong. Whatever it is, it's the a cool penumbria. word. It sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the shadow of this uh, cool announcement. Yeah. So is that something where you were like, was that a goal? No. It's more just like you want to make the best cookbook you can. Yeah. I don't. I, I really don't ever try to think of things like that yeah. uh, because they're just bizarre. Like I don't think anyone is like, I'm making this for an Oscar. I'm making this for a Gemini. I'm making like this. Like that's how you fail, probably. Yeah, I think. To well, you're that. making it for the wrong reasons. You're right. making it f to to please people, rather than making a body of work that you're proud of. Because that's what it feels. I haven't finished the book, but yeah. from what I read in it, it's like you're very much talking about how it's super, very personal. It's very much a thing where you wanted to share these experiences that were super. A fundamental to you being who you are yeah and so it's like it's almost like an anthology of sorts yeah like it is it's definitely like my arc through life yeah. through food and i just wanted i had the opportunity to you know like i'm kind of known for this big loud fucking in your face kind of chefy internet right. guy and then did like tv where i'm just like yeah i'm always yelling i'm always like hey what's up I'm yeah angry. i'm always like yelling and um, I just wanted to kind of tell my story the way that I would tell it. You right, know? in a non-yelling. Yeah, in a non-yelling way where I'm just like, every, like everyone's always like, why aren't you yelling? I'm like, because I'm here talking to you. Like, why would I be yelling at you? People like, say that? A lot of people are like, why aren't you like yelling? And I'm just like, just in general, like right yeah. now, like why aren't I yelling? And I'm like, that's, that's, a, that's a thing. Like, you know that that's like a bit. That's like a thing I do on television. It, 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 because on television, you have to be so big and loud and yeah. stupid kind of thing. Uh, like, like especially in the food mean. world, it kind of like, you have to be kind of a dummy almost. Right. And so like, I, like this thing that I do is like me like yelling and being like jovial and mm -hmm. being kind of a dummy. And, uh, you know, like eating macaroni and cheese in a hot, uh, in a tub. And is is this like I think with the book, I think that it I just had an opportunity to make I think with like a book is forever I think everything is kind of forever now mm -hmm. because of the internet and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like like as a chef, I was like I want to make something just like timeless and true, right? And that kind of like cliche opposite of, like, of food, yeah, kind food of, is so of the moment, part of the moment, yeah, and then just poo poo. Just dump it in the toilet. Sometimes you get a second spring with that. Mm, when you poop out and you can really smell what you ate, and it comes through and it's like... It smells like a can of it's, tuna. It's so... Sweet. Or raisin bran. <laughs> just a sweetness in the air. Well, definitely if you have any kind of oats, I feel like it's coming out in a very... The, kombucha. Uh, they let you know. The kombucha. Do you do a lot of kombucha? I don't do a lot of kombucha. I drink just a lot of water. Yeah. Because you don't, you're sober now? Yeah, so... How long have you been sober for? Couple. Couple Couple years. years. Because it's such almost like a cliche in the food world, right? Because it's such a thing where mm. I always think about, not cliche being sober, but just yeah. the, the fast life. I had uh, The story I always tell is that one of my best friends is a musician, and he mm. went to college to study jazz. Mm. 
and they the the school next to theirs the there was a college of music was next to the culinary college right and he said that um he was really surprised by all the chefs would just party the musicians under the fucking table nightly yeah and he was like what's going on there and it's I was a lot like, of drugs lot that alcohol. surprised me yeah like it was like it was a crazy like um like every cliche is kind of real and sadly, right? You know, like it's very like chefs want to fuck and fight and do drugs, and I can cook harder than you and longer than you and sleep less than you. It's a very masculine, very in-your-face kind of thing, and I was, I was that to a T. Besides, like, like I was never like a bro. I feel right. like I never was a bro. I was always just like kind of like on the like punker side of things, where right. like I was aware that like you know I just wasn't a jock. I was yeah. always like more of like a punk outsider kid, um, but with the drugs and like the fighting and all that kind of stuff, like I definitely used to scrap. And really, I, yeah, that, yeah, like I would, wow. yeah, it was not a problem to throw hands. But the the but the drinking and the drugging was like the uh, you know it was the best. It was like you know you get a couple grams, you do some mushrooms. Like I was just like a garbage head. Like I could I could easily do a couple grams of coke, a few grams of mushrooms, do some acid, In do one day ketamine. Yeah, thirty beers, a bottle of whiskey, like whatever. Like I could wow. just smash what for long, think? and I did it for like a long time. What was the? Why I, is that such a thing? You think? Because I think um, there's so much stress involved with cooking, and because there is that instant, because it is of the moment, right. where you only have kind of one opportunity. People are coming in your restaurant. You want your food to be amazing. There's a lot of so many moving parts. There's so much stress on yourself, and a lot of ego. Of yeah, a lot of chefs have that. Like they just every chef thinks that they're the best cook in the world, and uh -huh. it's just like it's not the case. Obviously, um, and I just think that like there's just like a lot of like mental abuse, physical abuse, a lot of horrible stuff that happens in our industry, um, and everyone's kind of got like PTSD, and it's just like this generational um, abuse that happens, and you, everyone just does it. Is there something too with the fact that food is like a art form that's so visceral and like from the senses that it's like a thing where you're just doing more of the same or you're like kind of yeah. just you're just revving it up but yeah like it's to... hard to like 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 i would go hard like you you work so hard all day yeah you work hard all day like it's just like you work 10 12 14 hour days yeah and then you party for like 10 hours and then you like like my the way yeah you, and you just go harder like it's like you, right. you you're you never come down like you're just constantly going as hard as you can on everything you're doing, mm -hmm. and you're just kind of like a meathead, like you know troglodyte, knuckle dragon, like you know like it's a basic thing of just like go forward, like a grunt. keep going, yeah, just keep going, and 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 everything's like a facade, like how beautiful your restaurant is, and how like mm -hmm. you have clean chef whites on, and like but all this back, stuff, but you're in your mind, you're just like a piece of shit, horrible person that's just using drugs to disappear. Do you think that? But doesn't that <laughs> <laughs> That's the sentence of the day. Yeah, <laughs> a piece of shit, horrible, just person trying to disappear. Yeah, but doesn't that come from something? I feel like it's the, it's kind of similar in the comedy world. Obviously, 
It's yeah, it's similar. Like the happiest guy's the darkest motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a thing where everyone's like, oh, you're so this. And it's like. You're so funny. Yeah, you exactly. You go home and you're like the most depressed, horrible person in the world. It's like, I can find, uh, give me something. I'll find uh, the most negative thing I can possibly. What did you think about at breakfast? Oh, I thought about how, uh, you know, kids are being raped every day. Yeah. <laughs> like. A lot of kids getting shit. raped. But this, like, you know, my oatmeal, my Asahi bowl was too cold. It's almost like a thing where you're filling a void because you're, um, maybe it's like a sensitivity thing almost. Maybe. Yeah. I think you're just, you're, you're, you're good guy barometers broke. Right. You know, and you're just like, you've lost touch and you're just in this dark hole and you're just going forward. And then you're just like broken and you don't have any time to mend and you're just keep going. And by the end of it, you're just like not the same person and you've put yourself together so many different times right. and you're just completely insane. Was there like an event for you that was like um, like a big part of your childhood that made you feel that way? Or was it because a lot of times you feel like that? I think that the childhood that thing way. is, uh, you know, I moved around a lot. OK. My dad was like an entrepreneur type mm -hmm. and we moved around a lot. I went to a lot of different schools. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, um, you know, and so I think like I definitely was that like kind of chameleon kid where like I could like. I had I wanted to be friends with a lot of people, mm -hmm. and so I wanted to like I would go to a new school, and not like I would be like a different person. Like I never was like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. I'm, like I, I'm a hip hop kid, and then I'm like a rap kid, and then I'm a metal kid, and then I'm just like a skid, or then I'm just like whatever you know, a What's jock, a skid, a skid. Yeah, a skid's like a rocker, like a skid, like a rocker skid. That. At least we don't say skid. Really. Is that a Canadian thing? It's gotta be. I feel like a skid is like uh, like the way I, like a skid's like you know like you'd be just like a like, like a grunge kid like just no grunge not, not like hair metal okay like a skid is like a pot smoking slacker esque like kind of hippie kind of rock a kinda, dirty yeah like dirty yeah, yeah like doesn't wash his hair like me right now like haven't showered today you know just I haven't showered today either Dude, I, I was <laughs> took, I jumped in a pool yesterday so I was like I'm good that counts yeah. Chlorine's nice. So it was the moving you think that was sort of put that kind of hole or void sort of. Well, so I think it's the beginning of like just being like not belonging. Yeah. I think that's always like the big one is like right. And with your brain, you're is always telling you that you're a, a poser, or your brain's always yeah. telling you that you shouldn't have the things that you have, or you don't deserve to be where you're at, mm. or you're not funny, or you're not cool, or you're not pretty, or you're not like smart, or all this kind of stuff. And like the brain's the enemy. You know, and I think just having that uh, childhood of mo which I had like a good like my parents are amazing. Like my parents are like yeah. amazing people. Like they we always had food on the table. We always had clothes. Like you know, <laughs> like like they they did their job. Like they're amazing. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be the person I am without them. Right. In like the most positive way ever. But I think just like moving around a lot and going to a lot of different schools uh, definitely paved the way of just like not belonging and mm -hmm. the and just trying to make people happy people pleasing a lot totally. of people pleasing so uh, then what was it then that got you uh got you clean uh, uh you like just sick of it well, like tired yeah, of it yeah i was sick and tired like i was 20 i had a heart attack at 29 so that's the big one that's a big one having a heart attack at yeah. 29 is kind of kooky uh a lot of people od a lot and yeah. um, you knew people who had yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> I was definitely in that world. So, but um, but then I kind of like after the heart attack. Mm -hmm. After the heart attack, I definitely um, I kind of chilled for like three months, was and it, I was like, 
Was I'm, that the heart attack from like? It was yeah. It was like after like a three day bender. Uh, we just opened. A, we were in our like year first year of my new restaurant when I was twenty nine. This is almost ten years ago. So I'm thirty six now. Yeah, and so it was just like stress, everything building up. Me and my wife were kind of rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, were we married at that point? No, we were okay. just like yeah. No, we got married like four years ago. Right. And um, and so yeah, it was just like a lot. And and I just wasn't stopping. I was going. I was definitely going harder, kind of than anyone. Yeah. And I was just like in the restaurant business. You can, you know, when you're the chef, no one tells you no. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's a thing too. Such a powerful position. Yeah. No one it's tells like being me a general no. General or something. Yeah. It, no one can tell you no. Yes, that's chef. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yes, chef. Yes, chef. Give me go. Give me more whiskey. Go give me more right. vodka. And so at the end, um. Like it, it definitely like, so I had the heart attack, waited about three months. And then I was just like, okay, I'm going to have like a beer. So you just did nothing for three months. Yeah. Kind of like, I just was like, and I didn't even try to like go to like any meetings or anything like that. I was yeah. just like, fuck, I had a heart attack. I need to like get better. Like I was yeah, just kind of like body this, telling you like, dude, yeah. fucking stop it. <laughs> yeah. Like I went to work like 10 days after having okay. a heart attack. So I was back to work working. Uh, and doing things like my doc- my doctor's like don't lift anything over like forty pounds right. don't do this don't do that my doctor was like straight up like don't go to work for like a month right. I was like well you can't just not go to work as it's a chef a for restaurant. like a month and so I went back to work within three months and I was just like I'll have a beer then I'm like okay just no sh-. I started setting like all these lo- goals or of like or like things that I'm like not gonna do these like lines little- that I wouldn't cross like okay I'm not gonna drink like Jameson anymore I'm oh, not gonna wow. drink like vodka anymore small I'm not gonna- victories. Yeah, and then I would do it, and then I'd just be like, fuck, okay, and then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do any coke, I'm not going to do any drugs, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, and then all my friends were like drug dealers, so like none of my friends would sell me drugs, because they're like, you're not going to die on my bag, kind of thing, that's a big deal. And so then, so then at that point, I started going to like sketchier places, finding different drug dealers, putting myself in kind of like, not like harm's way, but like going to like, you know, pretty cutty spots. Yeah. And, uh, and then that's when I feel like I turned into like even more of a drug addict and Ooh. like alcoholic and like crazy, insane, creepy person. I was like blacking out a lot more. Mainly Coke and booze. Yeah. Like at that point I was just doing like, yeah, a lot, a lot of Coke. A lot of booze. Mm. Like I was just drinking pints of vodka. God. And uh, and then and then eventually, um, uh, some of my really good friends and partners at the restaurant they were just like, "You're done." Mm-hmm. And then I had like an intervention, like a real one, a real intervention. Yeah. Uh, it was like on Saturday night of the restaurant. I like fucked up and I was just hammered. And I had a drug dealer come to the restaurant. And I bought drugs like in front of people and Ooh. i was just like a mess yeah real sloppy loser vibes and then and then yeah you know i had a intervention it was only like four of my friends and we sat down we talked for hours and then like the next day i went to like a meeting and then i kept going to meetings and that's it and that's it you know and now i'm here we're a new york times bestseller kids yeah <laughs> do drugs just don't to, do them all don't die so i have to ask you this because it's yeah. like the dark side of it. Yeah. So you did this New York Times bestseller. Is there a part of you that worries like, okay, this has kept me super busy writing this book? Because I feel like that's the case of a lot of people I know who are in recovery is they are very busy with their real fucking go-getters. They get stuff done. They do stuff. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to worry because you did this big thing. Mm. And it's kind of like afterwards, it's like there's a lot of a lot of air to be like, wow, yeah. what, 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 what do I do now, right? Yeah, but I think there's... 
I have a mentality of as soon as I do something, right. it's done. Right. And I just do the next thing. So it's like there's not really any um, – I kind of try to really live with zero expectations. Okay. And I live with – like if I do something, hopefully just somebody likes it. That's it. Right. I, I'm just like very like chill about things. Like hopefully, hopefully people will come into my restaurant. Uh-huh. If people come into my restaurant, that's great. If people like this cookbook, like when I wrote, the, I even write about it in the thing. I'm like, it's really scary to kind of do something and put something out there. Really, oh, it's like, terrifying. This is the first thing that I've put made something like really tangible. Uh-huh. Rather, like where I'm just like a, sh- I'm just a chef, and I and so I'm just like I just have restaurants. People come in, they eat, they say what's up, high five, sick man, that's cool. You give somebody a free bottle of wine, they love you forever. You know, like it's like uh-huh. there's that game, but there's nothing really tangible to have. And so like this is the first thing where I'm like. They're going to have this. Yeah. And like scrutinize it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and people can judge and people can really review. Like where restaurant reviews are like, I'm just like, well, whatever. Restaurant reviews are like every single person in here is having a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a different palate. Everyone has a different food memory, like makeup. Everyone just has like all these different things. So I'm like, whenever somebody reviews a restaurant, I'm always like, who cares? (laughs) Like, it's just like, it doesn't matter if you got, if you got bums and seats, man, fuck food reviewers, fuck Fuck reviewers in general. That's pretty I feel much. Movie reviews too. If it has a bad Rotten Tomatoes, it's probably a fun movie. Dude, I love the twenty percent. So the best. You know, like I don't Rotten Tomatoes. Like we have like a uh, the house that I stay at with uh, like my friend's house in Toronto because mm-hmm. I don't even live in the city anymore. So like I literally when I go into the city, I just stay at my friend's house, Liam, Marika, and Alex and Christy. Right. So we, I just sleep on the couch, and they they're like they won't watch anything under like eighty percent. Oh, and I'm just like you're missing out on some good. There's stuff. some good stuff. Some out of the there. best, actually, man. Also, some, some of the pre tomatoes. Yeah, some of the pre tomatoes are based on two reviews, and if it's pre tomatoes, it's like I just oh my God. I like to give things. A, you know, might as well have your own. Like, just watch something, and it's just like there's some some mm-hmm. movies out there that are huge successes, and there's the bad, bad, bad stuff, and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like, so it's just like a very it's a very scary thing to put out something, yeah. especially where I'm like the book is like it's it, it's like I even read it like I did an audio book. Mm-hmm. And so I did an audio book and I'm like reading some of this stuff. I'm like, it's so fucking cheesy, but I'm like, I am writing about like my grandmother. So I'm like, when I read it out loud, um, it feels different. It does feel a lot different. And yeah. I'm like, this is so fucking cheesy, but I'm like, no, nah, it's fine. I'm talking about a fucking blackberry fucking coffee cake. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to make this cool? Right? Like everything doesn't have to be like cool. Like I'm like, I'm just yeah. writing about my grandmother and me picking fucking blackberries doesn't have to be like this mind bending cool thing no twist no turn no like obviously i wasn't doing drugs then like it doesn't always have to be this like totally thing yeah so, i see what you're saying because there's like a thing there's like a hipster trap or whatever you want to call it where yeah you feel like because you've established yourself in one way you have to always maintain it through everything when really people i think tend to like not so much what the person does but just Anything that that person does. Yeah, like it, it's like every like the person, not the product. Absolutely, like yeah. everything doesn't have to be fucking cool, and that's the, the biggest. <laughs> you know, like yeah. everything doesn't have to be cool. And I'm just like, my cookbook, most of it isn't cool. It's just like a beautiful kind of like I all I wanted to do is make a beautiful cookbook. It's all, it reminds thing. me a lot of the cookbooks because my mom's from Louisiana, okay, so and so I grew up eating I was just a lot in of New Cajun. Orleans. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, she's from like you know redneck country, not mm. New Orleans, but. uh 
Baton Rouge? Uh, she's from Alexandria, mm. which is... Okay, I've uh, driven through there. Yeah, you definitely I did, driven I did through there. I did a Mardi Gras out there. I did like that? a... Oh, like Tuesday? Where, where they Tuesday? do the... They all dress up like crazy clowns, and they chase chickens in people's yards. Wow, it's, that sounds like it's got bad roots. It, yeah, <laughs> it is... Uh, it's well, pretty hectic. We started doing it a little different after, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, after it's the wild civil rights there bill. <laughs> yeah, there's some people down there. There were like, there was definitely kids booing the American flag, being what? like, "That ain't our flag," because they got the conf- the Confederate flag. Oh man, that shit's crazy. Yeah, De- yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all there's all types down there. Yeah, man, whatever. But that's the thing. I because I grew up, she was always she made that stuff, and that was like my favorite food. And for a long time. Like, uh, for a long time, I didn't know there was other fish besides catfish. Okay. I was like, catfish this, is, amazing, this is the though. fish. I There's love one. catfish. I love catfish, too. Yeah, you roll it in mustard, and then you deep, <laughs> you, well, you dredge it, roll it in mustard, dredge it in cornmeal, and mm. just deep fry it. That's the best. That's it. But all the books that she would have would all have, like, a lot of stories in them and stuff, mm. but, like, from fam- family stories, which is reminds yeah. me of your book a lot. Which yeah. Is, I think it's just, like, it's, it's great. Not, yeah. Like, Yeah. Thank you. I don't know. Yeah, those kind of old cookbooks are the best. You know, like I have a bunch of the ones that have like the spindle kind yeah, of, Yeah, the, the, the plastic the, binding. The, yeah, plastic binding. And like I have a ton of like, because I'm from like the Maritime, so like we uh-huh. have like a ton of um, old like Maritime book cookbooks, a lot of old weird, really weird recipes that call for, you know, like a whole hog. And then you chop it up and then you boil it Man. down and then you make a quart out of of stock out of one whole pig and then or i don't know just all these like making like molasses bread and like old apple juice can you know like things like that that are, you're just like oh okay but it's something where it took me a long time to realize oh this the food that i like the best when it comes down to it, it's it's poverty food a lot of it's food yeah, it's from people who don't have a lot of money like if you make crawfish mm. you think about because i do a crawfish bowl every year and i love making that and you think about like this is this is really cheap to make because mm. it's like using all these ingredients that are, I mean, crawfish are fucking free, basically. Yeah. Let's go to the yard. <laughs> yeah, and you're making this stock that doesn't take a whole lot of, it's not high class at all, but it no. tastes so good. Uh, yeah, the uh, well, I think that that kind of like fried chicken, mm-hmm. uh, gumbo, uh, you know, soul food totally. cooking is the best um, kind of food. Period. Like, there's nothing. Like, every chef will say that. Like, it, it's like you either want, like, your mother's cooking or your grandmother's cooking. Yeah. And any chef would just be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, you you go to, like, if you're in Charleston, you go to Martha Lou's, mm-hmm. you know, which is just, like, almost like a trailer. And they have photos totally. of, like, th- their family with, like, Martin Luther King on the wall. Mm-hmm. And you're just eating fried chicken or chitlins or, you know, like, whatever they're eating. And it's just, like, that kind of food is just, it's honest. And and it's like right. and it's usually really delicious. Well, that's what you said in your book about food, right? It's uh, when it comes down to it, it can't lie. Yeah, it's so one of the only true honest things in the world. It's food because <laughs> it's only good or not, man. Like you either eat it or you don't eat it. Yeah, if either you, you like it, it or you don't, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. An apple's an apple, man. I gotta ask you about some more specific stuff now. I keep yeah, saying, I don't want to miss it because you're talking about because you're. Your mother's maiden name was what? Fourier or something like that? Fourier. Fourier. Yeah. So that's French. Acadian. Acadian. And so, because that is, there's a similarity, right? Because the, the Cajuns yeah, they're in Louisiana, Acadian. they're Acadians. Yeah. So they're, it's the same. It's the same people. It's the same fucking people. Just one people live in the hottest place. One people live in the, the coldest cold, place. Yeah. It's so funny to me when I, when I was looking at your book, I just remembered that. Yeah. Because I look at those, look at those recipes and so many of them remind me so much of that 
uh, that southern food that I grew up with. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? This is so weird. This is from Canada. Yeah. But it's so interesting how that French influence. Yeah, man. Like my be- family, my grandmother, before she passed away, we were hanging out. She was like living at my folks' place. And she, I never saw this ever, but she had a family like tree book uh-huh. kind of that dates back to when uh, the Sauniers, like her side. So my grandfather was a Poirier. She was a Saunier. And so the Sauniers, when they came over from Normandy to Nova Scotia okay. in like 1637. Jesus. So my family has been in Canada. My family, my grandmother's side my, mm-hmm. has been in Canada since 1637 from Normandy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's just like it's it's pretty wild to think like our oh, the French came to Nova Scotia, you know, mm-hmm. and then that turned into a whole thing the Acadians. Yeah. And then they migrated. It started there and then it migrated down from the, Canada down to the south. Right, cuz they they settled down the Mississippi because of the waterway, right or something. Yeah, something. I don't know the, the full Voyagers. history, but I know that it started they it came from Canada and then down to the Cajun. They used the water. They used the water. They, they drank had some of it. They had flipped, some boats they or like on it. logs with uh, other logs. Beavers. Beavers, a lot um, of beaver. Canoe. Canoe, um, portage, portage, yeah. put it over your head, walk over, you know, a little bit of land, get back into the river. Deportage. De, de- portage then. They little deportage themselves. De- <laughs> I love, I, I, you know, I just love it. It's, it's a, great. It's portaging is great if you're, you know, able. I'm, I've done it a couple times, but not that much. Cause I, I, I went in a canoe once with my wife and we both didn't know how to canoe and we tried to go out into like literally this big lake right out in like uh algonquin park and we got out into the middle of the lake and we just i tipped it oh because i'm just like i'm big fat fucking dude and i'm just like literally tipped the fucking canoe we like brought like a lunch we were gonna go canoe and oh. like go over to the other side of the lake and like go hiking and we we dumped our bags into the lake they both like sank and then we literally oh were out in the middle of the lake no no life jackets and literally in the middle of this giant like lake like for lake. I don't know half an hour until somebody rode by and they could have because we couldn't flip the canoe back over. It's really hard. It's very hard because mm-hmm. we don't know how to canoe mm-hmm. as well. And so and then they literally pulled us back into like the bay uh-huh. and, and then I never canoed again. Well, you got to get back out there, I think. I know. I think maybe kayak. I like a kayak. Kayak, maybe. but kayaks strapped are just in. as you're flippable. Just, yeah, but then but you're strapped in and then you just flip back over. Well, or the canoe you got to flip and then jump back in somehow. But the kayak if you're stuck, you're strapped in and you might stay underflipped and you drown. Yeah. Whereas a canoe you can fall out. True. Okay. So, strapped in. Either way, you're just asking to drown, I guess. Stay on land. What do you think about mustard? I love mustard. Right. I think the biggest question in life is mustard or ketchup. Well, I, that's easy answer. Mustard? Yeah, absolutely. But you're Canadian, so it's different. Yeah. I would probably uh, mustard for cooking. Right. You know, but as a as a straight condiment, I think I'm a ketchup guy. Really? But for foundational cooking, mustard, you you could live your life and not ever use ketchup and cook, mm-hmm. but using mustard in cooking is something that you'd probably find difficult. What do you think it is about mustard? Because I, I like mustard a lot. Sometimes I just like, like, what the fuck is this? I eat it so much. Mm. I don't get why it just never gets old. It, 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 it's, it's umami, bro. It, it's just like it, it coats the tongue. It's salty. It's acidic. It's creamy. It's full-bodied. It's uh-huh. just like a thing that is... Um, 
it's 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 just it's like its own thing. It's like salt. It's just a, it, yeah. it, it's a flavor enhancer. It's like soy sauce. It's like okay. fish sauce. It's one of those things. It's an umami thing where mustard is a. Um, you know, it's you like can't. A, yeah, like I don't like. Like I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of like those like triple crunch or like those like whole seeded mustards right. or anything like that. Like I think like like Dijon. I'm getting back to the basics. Or the, like yellow, yellow mustard, like French. Yeah, yeah. like French's like ballpark mustard mm-hmm. is incredible. It's only got a few ingredients. Yeah, mustard, water, vinegar, salt, turmeric. 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 Now they probably advertise it. Now with turmeric, or always with turmeric. Always has been. That's how Cheerios is doing now. You feel like Cheerios really fucking lucked into that whole gluten free thing, man. Why? They're like no flour? They've always been gluten free. And now, but they're they're not gluten. Oh, guess what? We've always been gluten free. Cheerios, you fuck. Before we ever. Cheerios. Just a bowl of Cheerios. We went through a lot of um, one of the partners, Brian Richet. He's in my book. He's part of Castor. He's a designer and, mm-hmm. and builder and just like maniac. He's the best. And he he's uh he's like one of those guys who like would just eat a box like smoke a pack of cigs and like eat a box of cereal <laughs> at the same time. You know? He's like oh, just cool. like one of those people who's like has the most be- builds builds some of the most bet like the most beautiful furniture ever. Right. Like some of the sickest shit. Um Re, he's just like one of those like renaissance guys like he's a stone carver he builds wow. it's, it's just like a weird knows everything about art fucking a lot of philosophy type shit and then yeah. he'll just like eat cheerios for like a month and like smoke cigs in his apartment you know i feel like maybe it's one of those things where it makes it easy to not think about that than if you're oh, i'm just doing cheerios and cigarettes i don't have to worry about this whole food thing i can think about it's like stones. obama obama eats the same thing when he was a president he ate the same thing pretty much every day he when did? he's in the office when he's in the white house he's because then he doesn't have to think yeah and he doesn't have to understand anything so i guess um really successful busy people that make like crazy decisions for countries right probably have like some weird dialed in shit like that where yeah. it's like they eat the same thing at least a weekly schedule where it's like he eats like i remember somebody telling me that obama ate like literally f- for a long time he ate the exact same thing like every day so then and he wears like the same like five suits he only yeah. has like five suits and he just wears the same suits uh, i want to get i want to get there yeah, I think get it's just it. like it just gets rid of one thing where you don't have to like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want like you know I want like d- fucking soup dumplings. I want because then all of a sudden food is such as in, especially in L.A. You're like okay, I want pho. I want Korean barbecue. Well, okay, then you have to figure out which neighborhood and you can which have fucking anything. thing. I want Thai. You know, gelada. Any go to gelada. Oh, I've been there. It's outstanding. Yeah, shout out to Jazz. Jazz. That's the real one everyone seems to go to. It's a lot. It's a big one. It's the one. I think Groner, Gro- Groning, the old Simpsons guy, he had okay, something yeah. to do with it. And then Gold shouted it out. Gold, Rest a yeah. piece of gold. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the... Um, yeah, gelato. Just, uh, L.A. has such amazing uh, ethnic food. It does. I, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that I like a lot that um, is like if you go in the... Uh, go east um, toward like... Uh, Monterey Park, like all these Chinese okay. neighborhoods and yeah. Taiwanese areas, mm. they have some really cool stuff that looks, it looks like you're in a mall. It looks yeah. like just real boring. You're just getting amazing hand-pulled noodles. Oh, that or like eating desserts, like these crazy desserts with durian and little waffles and yeah. balls of taro with jelly on them and qu- crazy milk. That's the best. Like just like those little sesame balls with like filled with like black sesame. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, that shit is. It's so hot forever, too. It stays so hot. Mm-hmm. The black sesame, you always get burned when you go to dim sum because you want to eat it quick. And then you're like, ow. Have you ever had like a really bad mouth burn? 
I don't know. I burned my foot really bad once. Really? How? I, uh, I was it? making egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> Are you serious? I was making literally. I was like at work and I was making yeah. staff meal, uh, which is you just cook for all your staff or mm-hmm. whatever. And I was making like just egg salad sandwiches for staff meal. I don't know why, but people love egg salad. It's great. I don't have it ever, but it, I was I just I never probably ever made it for staff meal ever mm-hmm. either. And I was just boiling a pot of uh, eggs. And I brought it over to the sink, and I went to go strain it, and some kind of some of the hot water splashed me. So I took a step back, and when I took a step back, I just flipped the whole pot up down, upside oh, down, and just poured like a pot of boiling water down my f- leg and foot. And then I pulled like my sock and my boot off because <gasps> I was like burning my foot. And then I ripped off like all the skin on my foot w- with my sock. Ooh. And then um, it's and then, a bad one. And then and then I had to work. Because I couldn't go to the hospital. So, like, we were down like a cook. So, I literally had, like, an ice bath underneath my station. And I was just, I would keep my foot in this ice bath, all service, and, like, hop to and from the kit, from the stove back to my station. I'm shaking my head right now. This is like, and then, no. And then, I went to, and then I went to the, the doctor's after service, literally. And this is one of those, like, chef mentality weirdo things. Yeah. And I literally went to the hospital. And they're like, you have third-degree burns. Yeah. Over your entire foot, and you this happened at two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's like midnight, and I'm just like, yeah. And they're like, okay, like you're like, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, like whatever we need to do. But I'm just like, yeah. Did you have to get a graft? And then hmm? you have to get a skin graft? No, it just kind of healed. It healed over time. It looked like when it was healing, when it like really started to scab, it looked like the universe. Like it was just like a whole, like a galaxy. Yeah, like definitely all the different scab levels, and you'd like kind of itch it sometimes, pick a few scabs off, and then. Uh, so that's the worst cooking injury you've had. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Like I cut my, I've cut myself a few times, but all like right. that burn was like I was on crutches for like. I don't know, two months. Damn. Like when it started, like the next day, I couldn't even walk. Wow. And then like, I literally couldn't walk for mm-hmm. almost a month. It was a long time. That's heavy duty. Yeah. So that was a stupid, don't make XL sandwiches, people. Yeah. Don't make XL. Go buy them. Buy them from the buy convenience it. store. Buy it from a, get a tub. Supposedly, a tub supposedly there's a convenience store that's everywhere in Japan that has these egg salad sandwiches that everyone Everyone loves. talks about it. I know. I've never been December. to Japan. You are? Yeah. I'm really excited to have... Egg salad sandwich among many things. Yeah. So just katsu sandwiches, egg salad sandwiches, oh, yeah. good soup. I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm kinda into the um Ramen? Are you a ramen guy? I'm a ramen guy. I'm like a hardcore ramen person. I feel like it kinda got to be really popular and mm. but just become when it's difficult to go to a restaurant to the I'm not gonna wait an hour. I just can't do it. I don't No lines. Like, I don't do lines except for Oddly, when I come here and we go to like a taco truck or something, that's that's a little line. That's yeah. a little line, and that's like a fun line. You're outside, and it's quick. It's tacos. Yeah, but I don't line up at restaurants. No, it's unfortunately. The, I just I'm like I don't care. I've I'll done wait, it, but I'm done with it. Yes, it's like behind me now. I think I Be had a done great with time. It. Be gone. Be gone. Be gone with line. Be gone with lines. Okay. You mentioned fiddleheads oh. in your book. Yeah, which I think is like the coolest shit ever. The um, you like little, it. little the ferns, ferns, right? Little ferns, yeah. I don't like. Well, here's what I want to know because I've picked them a couple times while backpacking. Yeah, and we threw them in some mac and cheese we made. Okay, and I think they were like not fully. I think they were either too late or too early because they were really bitter. That's they, how they're bitter. They're supposed to be super bitter. Not super bitter, like dandelion. But they're supposed. Right. They're it, it's. 
You're supposed to I blanch f- them or something, or what? You're supposed to blanch them, and you gotta like the, the, they oxidize really fast once you cook them. Oh, okay. And so they oxidize really fast, and they get pretty browny. Yeah. Um, like, cause we would pick them as kids. We would pick them and like ramps and like wild leeks and all that. Are ramps of. different than fiddleheads? Yeah. So What's ramps are ramp? like wild leeks. So, oh, I thought ramps were fiddleheads. No. Oh, so okay. fiddleheads are like the fawn that looks like something yeah. from Fern Gully or a something. Little, the tip of a violin. Yes. Oh, aka a fiddle. The head of a, a fiddle. <laughs> the, they kind of look like the head of a fiddle. Oh, yes. They look exactly <laughs> like the fucking name that I just said. A violin tip. Oh, can you pass me the violin tips? Mm, a bowl, please. Yeah, so my mom just, I think my mom loves, she still does love them. They're cute. Yeah, they are cute, but people love them. But I also find that they almost have that mucusy thing that okra has. Yeah, they're on a smaller mucilinaceous. Mucilinaceous. I love because I'm a huge. I love. It's cummy. I fuck, it's cummy. It's cummy. It's like hagfish gel. Yes. You know what that shit? Gel. No. Obviously, oh, these uh, fish that live in the bottom of the ocean. They're called hagfish. Oh. They're not a fish technically. They're not an eel. They're like some weird fucking deep. They live in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. They don't have any eyes. They're like um. They're basically like worms of the sea. They okay. uh, they clean up dead. If a dead if a whale dies and falls about the sea, hagfish like thousands of hagfish eat it up. Nice. But hagfish excrete this kind of like mucus, like mm. thick and a lot of it. There was a there was an accident in somewhere in uh, Washington where a truck carrying live hagfish because I guess they're, they're a delicacy right. in Korea and they farm they fish they farm them or they fish them off the coast there and ship them. To Korea, the truck right. crashed. Mm. There's a picture of a fucking Prius covered in, well, looks like it's covered right. in a thousand gallons of slime. And it's oh. all hagfish, you know, man? Dude, that's stressful. Which is basically just the okra you're talking about and stuff. But It's the same. Yeah, I think it is. I'm not a huge fan of okra, man. Oh, I don't dude, know. I fucking love it. Yeah, see? I don't know the love. I, I think it would. I think it is the slime. Maybe you For like me, the it's the slime. I like the slime. Did you like it like boiled? Uh, not like so it, like, much. Fried? I like it in like a stew, like, a like with tomatoes, or okay. even like a real basic gumbo. Like I just take because I grow okra. Okay. So I take the fresh okra, I'll chop Slice it up, it. yeah, and throw it in an already like uh, simmering pan of like um, peeled, peeled like samarazan tomatoes with yeah. some garlic and onions and you know the normal yeah. stuff, and throw a bunch in there. I think the acid of the tomatoes. Cuts the mucus, but I think yeah. if you don't like okra, it's still. Like, how long do you cook it for? Do you just let it simmer away? Not very long, really. Like maybe okay. maybe ten, fifteen minutes. Right. Because I like you still want that that kind of not that crunch, but the. You still want a bite. Yeah, you want it to have like a yeah, the push you don't back want it to be like mush slime mushed. But I think there's still a lot of slime there. I just like it. Yeah. I like it because it make I have like a bowel problem, and so it helps me. It, it weirdly juices you all the way down. I don't know what it does. It helps me out a lot. Like it, you out. it creates wonderful. It helps, it helps you. It does. It's like a magical alien gel. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm here for you. <laughs> Let me help you push through this. Well, it's not so much a constipation alleviation. It's the no, opposite. It's just, yeah, loose. It's a natu- nature's emodium. <laughs> nature's emodium. But nature's emodium is perfect because it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not too much. Not too little. It's just like a. Dude. It's just like diarrhea. My life's diarrhea. For a long time, I was just like, if I shat solid, I would be stressed. You know? I was just pooing just soft. You mean you'd be scared if you shat soft? Yeah. Solid? I was just like, what is that? What happened? What have I done? 
Like, especially when I was drinking and doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. Like, it was just like, it looked like, you know, when you, you're on the beach and you like dig down and you see like black sand. Uh-huh. That's, that was my life for years. I'm very familiar with all types of shit. Yeah. The so. black sand. I used to call it the black sand. And like, my friends would be like, oh man, the black sand's here. Because like I'd you... go to the house party and do a bunch of coke and then I'd like shit because half the coke is just baby laxatives. And oh, you just yeah. like fucking. It's also uh, poison, I guess, that your body's yeah, getting the poison out. Yeah, I was just poisoning my body, and I didn't shit solid for like 15 years, you know? Wow. So is, is it nice to be doing that now? Yeah, shitting solid's great. It's nice. Okay, maybe little quivering a-hole. Find a way to get some okra in there. Maybe it'll change the maybe game. I should, maybe I should go back and just eat a bowl of boiled okra once a day. Oh, God. I can't imagine what that would do. Salt, vinegar. I feel like that would be um, not good. Well, the vinegar would once help a week. That. Once a week. Once a week is like a like a like a reset restart button. Reset. <laughs> reset. Is there, okra. Is there any food that you that people tend to lo- talk about and love a lot? Where you're like, I just I just don't like that. Hmm. Stuff that's like, like for me, it's like orange juice. I just. Orange juice. I just. Don't I'm like a grapefruit juice. juice over, I would drink grapefruit juice over orange juice. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. I would definitely drink the pomplamoose. I drink the grapefruit juice. The um, what, what? I I don't know. I like so much stuff. Like I like everything. Right. I'm like kind of like a garbage can. So I guess I mean like what's overrated? What's overrated? Yeah. Um. What's overrated? <laughs> mm. I don't think. See, like I think it's more about like style. Yeah. With food rather than like things, because I'm like I think everything is worth its own weight. Like you know, ramen has its like everything has its time, and like right. everything is like white hot. You know, it's like it's day. just like yeah, it's just like oh man, pickled strawberries are white hot. Are you serious? And so there's just like f- it's more like things that I, I oh, hate are like bad. more like stupid food trends, especially with like Instagram. Like all of a sudden, yeah. every single person has the like it's just like the thing. If you post, if the one person posts about the one thing, everyone's got the thing. Everyone's cooking the thing. What everyone's plating. Because for a long time, everyone plated like literally food just on one side. <laughs> in like a weird like crescent moon shape. Everything. There was like one dot on the side and then over here. Or then like everyone's just plating. It's like so, everything's just so trendy. Yeah. And like food, like it's the same with like fashion and music and all of a sudden everything is just like, every, like nobody has time to really dig in and like make something theirs because mm-hmm. everyone's just doing what everyone else is doing. So it's like very difficult to really put your stamp down and like hold your ground and, and make something truly uh, interesting. Almost. Yeah, it's hard, I guess, because it's, there's like that feedback loop because you see so much stuff and it, probably a lot of people without even thinking are doing something that everyone's doing because it's just, yeah. it's coming in, so it's going out. And there's that ego of people thinking that they're being original when they're just doing everything that's on fucking Instagram. Yeah. that Instagram has really changed things so much that it's kind of, I don't know, I, have, I feel d- different ways about it. Sometimes yeah. I really feel like this is a disgusting thing that I want to be for, far away from me because it's so... There's so many emotions about it. Because I use it. I'm like, dude, Instagram has given... Maybe Instagram is probably the biggest reason I'm a fucking New York Times bestseller now because I am yeah. able to reach people. And you really... You know? I mean, that's why, we're, that's why we're sitting here? Yeah. No, is straight that? up. Yeah. Like, some of my closest friends now mm-hmm. and some of the people that I really like care about and like like being around are people that I've met through Instagram and be like, oh, I fuck with this dude. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, this guy fucks with me. And then you're like, oh man, are we best friends? It's like really like you're constantly having that like stepbrothers thing like where you're just like, are we best friends? That's And cool. like you're like sitting there and you're kind of like hating on that person or something. And then all of a sudden they follow you and you follow them and you're like DM them and you're like, hey, what's up, dude? What's going on? Oh yeah. 
fuck, sick. Like, that's cool. Like, you're funny on that thing. And like, oh, man, I'm funny. Oh, man, we're uh, fucking best buds. Yeah, it's, I guess it's that thing where you have to have, um, I feel like it's how you approach it. Because sometimes I'll approach it where I'm looking at it for the wrong reasons or something. Yeah. Or you're like looking. To also, you can get just spot checked real quick and be like, is this guy a fucking kook? Or oh, like, totally. You know, and be like, you can go back and kind of like do the litmus test and be like, yeah. is this guy a fucking weirdo? Is this guy posting? What's this guy really posting about? Okay, what happened last year? This <laughs> yeah, time? what was he doing? Ooh, Let's go back deep in the feed. Yeah. Who's that? Okay, who, who's oh, that they person's were friend? for a while. Mm. Oh, that picture's upside down. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. Oh, he did a lot of black and white photos for a while. Oh, okay. Oh, we're cropping. <laughs> oh, that's a tight crop. You really have to zoom in. Oh, Filter. Ooh, long description. Long <laughs> comment. Dude, let's go to... A lot of hashtags. Let's go on a yoga retreat. That's the biggest thing. I love people when they go to, like, some yoga retreat in, uh -huh. like, South America. Fuck. And they their lives have been changed forever. And the best... And they've been opened up to this world of moons and stars and water and life. And, and I'm like... It is wild. I've had some friends <laughs> go down and drink the Kool-Aid. Like ayahuasca, like, you mean? Or yeah, just, there's uh, a, I, I think the ayahuasca whole thing is just ridiculous. I'm just like, it took you a bunch of weird drugs to figure out like who you are, and you mm -hmm. saw God, and you saw the future, and you saw the past, and you saw... I'm like, can't you just kind of like figure that out? I guess <laughs> Like not. without the stuff? I don't I guess know. you got to have your ass kicked. I, I love awakenings. Yeah. I think awakenings of people are... Beyond hilarious. I do love when people post stuff like that that's incredibly intimate. It's like, oh, here's a picture of the thing that should be the most intimate moment of and my I'm life. Posting about it. And here's a fucking picture of me, my eyes rolling back in my head, being dosed by some guy who doesn't know how to speak even anything. He doesn't even know my fucking name. No. Yet, I gotta have a picture of this. Gotta yeah. share this. The pick. Everybody wants the pick. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like, I, I don't know if this happens to you, but when. I, I'll take a photo with like any person, yeah, and like spend a second or two with them, telling whatever, like talking to them and engaging, and um, but the thing that's wild is like, do you have people that just come over and like, hey, are you the guy? Are you are you the yeah? Wait, I saw no, you're on. T I saw you, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Because I always think like giving them that. I'm like, if you don't know who I am, why do you even want a photo? Well, people always and say, like, how do I know do you? you? And I say, well. How could I possibly know what you know? Because yeah. you're you, and I'm. You're, I don't <laughs> yeah. know who you know. What you know? Well, they always ask me, "What have I seen you in?" It's like, I'm like, how do I know what the fuck you've watched? <laughs> yeah, here's my CV. Yeah, here, hold on, pick just one. Wiki, just uh -huh. get on Surrey and fucking ask Surrey, you fucking weirdos. Yeah, it's weird. I I think it's weird just kind of getting into this world of like being on television a little bit, and uh, people are weird. People are weird, but they, I think for the most part, people are people are nice, pretty people good, and you gotta Especially like when you're in the making people laugh world. Yeah, and I like that. Like I've had some criers on this book tour. Oh, really? What do you mean? Like, like they cry do, to meet you? People, people, not even like Michael Jackson, like weirdo fan stuff. Yeah. Like it, like very vulnerable. Like I've gone through a lot of stuff, and you've you helped me knowing that you've gone through it. Dude, that's definitely that's definitely a thing, and I think, but I think that's like a. It's because uh, it's heavy because you don't know what to do. And you're just like, just keep going, man. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you're just like, yeah, man, I don't know what to say. And then when people they're like, can you give me some more words of advice? And you're like, uh, what do you say? I'm always just like, just keep doing what you're if you're feeling good. Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing. And if something feels bad, don't do it. 
<laughs> like, you know, like it's really like, yeah, use your gut, man. Like if you're doing stuff that sucks, if you don't like your job, quit your job. Totally. If, if you don't aren't happy, like where you are, you are. I just find that a lot of people don't realize how much they are actually in control of what the fuck they're doing. Uh -huh. And I think just be like, you're in, con you can do whatever you want at any given moment. Uh -huh. If you want to write, write. If you want to paint, paint. If you want to work at Foot Locker, work at Foot Locker. If you want to, you know, like it really doesn't come down. Like I always find that it's funny where I'm just like, I kind of have done whatever I've wanted. Yeah. I always wanted to cook. And then I started making videos on YouTube because I was friends with a bunch of guys at Vice. And they're like, hey, we're doing food now. Do you want to do some food stuff? And I was like, okay, yeah. let's make a cheeseburger. Okay, let's make lasagna. Sure. Oh, these do well. People are funny because I can be myself on camera because the people behind the camera are my actual friends. They relax. And yeah, and then I could just learned how to be myself. And I think that like, a lot of people need to realize that they're in control and to be themselves. Yeah, and it's to really stop hard, trying to be people for other people. It is very hard. It's I, the hardest thing in the world. A lot of people will say that after shows. Not a lot of people, but occasionally someone will say that, and I'll be like, I just have to be like, what do you want to do? Yeah, it's like oh, they're like oh, I can't do that. You know, I can't be like you. It's like yeah, you can't be like me. It's not possible. It's me. I'm because me. Because you have to do what your version of it is. Yeah. Especially with a podcast, people say that a lot, or just I guess anything really. People well, always podcasts like are, uh, podcasts are kind of crazy right now. Yeah. And it's it's a very funny thing because like everyone's like you should do a podcast. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have an urge to. I like doing po I like doing podcasts. Yeah. But I'm like I don't know if I I'm like. I don't love, I don't know. I think they're probably a lot of work and to like connect with people. And I like talking to people, but I'm just like, I don't know. I'm kind of busy doing other things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I might not do this much longer either because it's a thing yeah. where I've been doing it for so long that I feel like I've kind of uh, exhausted. As, uh, like I love getting able to talk to people who I've never met before like you and yeah. anyone like that. That's like, that's the best. Yeah. It's, like such a, it's such a great people. excuse to, to talk to someone you want to talk to and, meet, and learn about them. But sometimes it's one of those things where it's just uh, there's only so much you can do in the medium. And you feel kind of like, like oh, I, this is uh, taking a lot of time. Yeah. That I could be doing um, <laughs> other <like> things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's funny because everyone, especially as um personality like it, it's so funny that it's just like um what i'm it's very funny like the way the course of things are whereas like i was just a chef mm -hmm. L literally like four years ago i was just a, a, a regular chef that was a crazy person you know right. just a chef i just cooked every day that's all i did i was just cooking and and like it's just you just keep doing these things and now it's like i do branded stuff i do podcasts i do this but like it people want you to be doing everything and yeah. it's like people are just like you know i go down to like uta and i'm like oh cool you guys at uta yeah i'm, I'm with uta too okay, cool awesome and cheers cheers UTA. <laughs> and you go down to uta and but it's still like they're like Oh yeah, here's like scripted, unscripted. Here, here, here's podcasts. Here's here's commercial work. Here's yeah. everything else. And you're like, okay, but what is what is like? I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not an actor, and so I'm just like, I don't know how to. I acted once, twice. I think I've acted twice. Uh -huh. I acted on a TV show in Canada, and I just did like this weird thing. My friend Catherine has a show called Working Moms, and I acted on that. And it was like two days. I was on set, uh -huh. and I had. I don't know, five lines in this scene. 
and it took two days. I'm like, I could have shot like three episodes of my show because I don't even have lines. Dude, I have scary. zero prep. I don't even have like a director really. And it's just like, I just go and do my thing and I have a TV show where it's like, the, the, it's so nerve wracking. There's like a whole crew. There's assistant directors and people and gaffes, like all this crazy, like TV. And, and when I did that, I was just like, holy fuck. Everyone is works so hard. I was like, and that's when I was just like, acting is the hardest thing in the world. It is, but it's also or maybe because I just don't boring. do it. Yeah, there's times a lot of downtime. There's so much downtime where sometimes I just I fucking I hate it sometimes because you just get sick to your stomach because you're just waiting to go do the thing. Yeah, I want to be like if I'm like a I'm a drill. I want to drill some holes. Yeah, not drill one hole and then Stop. wait while you move the wall and Dude, then drill another the hole. Wall. They got to move the camera and then I didn't realize that they have to shoot. If there's like there was like four people in the scene, mm -hmm. and then they had to shoot every angle, and then once I like nailed my lines, then they had to go through and do every single person. And Catherine is the showrunner, writer, director, actress, or it's actor. So funny I think it's just me actor to hear you say this but, stuff because it's like, but it's so wild such a cool perspective. It, it is. It, I couldn't believe it. And Catherine is like a beast. And I was just like, you're literally, you have two kids, and your husband is a is a part of the show as well. He uh -huh. directs and acts in it as well. And I was just like, like this whole thing of like people, like I always thought I was just like, man, it's like, because with great writing, movies seem very easy and very oh, make sense. And, it's, yeah. and, it, and it comes down to a lot of the writing mm. uh, and acting and all this. Casting. It comes down to fucking everything. But I never realized, I was like, I was on set for almost 24 hours mm -hmm. and we did one fucking scene. Yeah. And I'm just like, that is insane amount of work. For, for 30, 45 seconds of, of, of TV time in the edit. And I was just like, to me, I'm like, I could, with 24 hours, I could literally shoot three episodes of my show. Uh -huh. And I was just like, and I, I, at that moment too, I, I was like, I have it easy. Where I'm like, I just show up, I cook, which I can do forever. And I can be funny kind of forever because just the way I'm a reactionary guy and I like to be a little bit messier on TV. So mm -hmm. it's funny and it's more reactionary and funny and blah, blah, blah. But it, I, I was just like, man, that, like I don't even work. Like I work because <laughs> I have to like work. But I'm just like, man, like that shit is like if I had to act like it, like I, I couldn't do it. Like I definitely could not. You couldn't pay me. You, you, I don't think I could accept a job unless it was like millions of dollars mm -hmm. to like go and be like, this is going to be 30 days. And you're going to be on set for 12 hours a day. And each day you're going to probably only work, you know, three, four hours. 12 hours a day or maybe 16 hours a day or yeah, yeah. Uh, longer it, sometimes. It, it, it's very like I have a lot of um, admiration and respect for people in the industry because I never worked that industry before. Yeah. And it was very like uh, very uh, for perspective. I was just like, man, I kind of got it good where I have like my lane and it's going well enough. And, yeah. and it seems like I can kind of. Do whatever I want, but it, it, it's um, I don't know, man. It's just like it, it's crazy doing television and like doing like stuff like your your um, the TV show, the the animated one. Oh yeah, that thing is, is so crazy because you're the thing that I find pickle and peanut. Yeah, mm -hmm. or no? What's what? Well, the what's the one with the superhero with the fucking or you're the Zoltan or no? Oh, son of Zorn. Zorn. Yeah, I think that's the funniest. One of the craziest, funniest it's things great ever. Show. But I'm like, you're acting literally to nothingness. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my entire life. Um, it was something I, I had a headache for three weeks yeah. because <laughs> I um, and after the, after the first week of shooting, yeah. I called the director and stuff. I was like, so is any of that anything? Is any of what I did usable? I feel like yeah. a, 
absolute piece of shit hack who yeah. did nothing funny because in my brain I'm like, okay, I have to track something in the air that's like you're, moving. You're constantly just talking to the ball. Talking to nothing. And it it's it's so fucking hard to do that. I can't even begin to explain the no, difficulty. But, that's but it's not acting. That's the other thing. It's yeah. like it's beyond acting. Because acting is <laughs> re- I mean like acting is something. reacting. It's the oldest yeah. saying in the book. Acting yeah. is reacting because like if you were if you were angry right now I would be I would be scared. Because it's right. like an easy thing. But yeah. if you're if you're not getting anything from the thing you're supposed to be getting something from, you have to generate it all yourself. And you have to be Oh my god. It's knowing like, what their reaction is. It's like shoveling the coal and driving the train and being a passenger at the same time. And I was like, what the fuck? But this that's sucks. people don't understand it. And then the thing that the fickle thing about all that mm-hmm. About TV and what I've learned, even working with Vice and Viceland and all this kind of stuff, is like, oh, you're fired. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, I'm not even making anything else with Viceland. You (laughs) You know, like, I'm not making any more television right right now. And it's just like, um, it's a really funny business where you're just like, and I don't have any like weird stories about Vice or anything like that. It's just like, we're just done with each other kind of thing. You've uh, aged up. You've yeah, aged out of it. Yeah, like, and it, it's just, it's an amazing thing. But it, it, it's so funny where it's just like all of that work and energy, mm-hmm. and where it's a, an amazing show. It's extremely funny, very very funny. I I loved it. It it uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just wild shit, man. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really a wild um, this whole thing. Like especially just being like a Canadian guy who like. Comes to California. I'm like, man, this is California. I like saw Will Ferrell at a fucking coffee shop. You did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Blue bottle. It was fucked. Nice. And I'm just like <laughs> crazy. And then this morning I was in uh, having breakfast at John and Vinny's and literally. Um, Who's John and Vinny's? John and Vinny's is on Fairfax. Oh, okay. The Italian. Uh, the best. I love it. John I'm and Vinny. I'm not a huge restaurant person, honestly. Oh I, I really God, don't know. I don't go out that much. John and Vinny's is the best. But you go into John and Vinny's at any given moment and yeah. it's like. The executives of Netflix, and then like all of the actors on every show ever, and you're just oh, sitting man. there and like, there's a girl. She was on, um, I think was it Ray Donovan. I don't know. It was like something like that, yeah. and I was just like, it's just like, I, like the most because I live in Canada, Canada. And I live in a farm two hours from a city, so I'm just like, I don't even see anybody. And then yeah. I'm in, I'm in LA, and I'm like, I look, like this is insane. This is so insane, and I'm like, this is so LA. Like, I'm constantly, like, in my, like, one time I ate at a restaurant, and I sat next to, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, and I was like, <sighs> I'm sitting next to Jake, and I'm like, do I, like, constantly, I'm just like, do I ask him? No, I Did don't ever ask. Did you go to Juusta? Yeah, I've been to Juusta. Yeah. Juusta's unreal. That's where I saw him once. Oh, my God, Jake? He was standing next to me, and I was like, the the guy working there was like, hey, that guy also does what you do. I'm like, what? I looked over and didn't notice anything. And that, my friend was like, yeah, that was Jake Gyllenhaal. I was like, well, I didn't, didn't even fucking recognize like, him. I don't know why. i a loaf of bread, bro. Yeah. I'm just here for some bread. Some capicolo, capicolo, but the, capicoli. But yeah, no, it's a very interesting thing. The um, the celebrity stuff and like the the fame stuff and the yeah. and the no money stuff. Like I'm always like, people are like, so what's going on? How what's it like being famous? And I'm like, well, fame isn't fortune, and I I'd give it all up just to have some money. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, would you though? I don't think you would. I don't know. I would rather have like just money. Well, I it's not like I'm I'm broke or anything, but it, it's just a funny thing where it's like you have to work so hard. You, you have, have to work wor- so hard and so long to to build up. And like I honestly thought like I, like when I first was like I'm going to be on television, mm-hmm. like I have a show on Viceland. I thought I was going to wake up when the day it aired, I was going to wake up and I was going to be like a millionaire. Dude, like I honestly thought that. The disappointment that comes <laughs> with that kind of stuff is probably the most severe. Yeah. Is when like I've weathered a couple of those storms now to where I have 
I expect everything to to fall out of the sky and crash. Yeah. So if anything floats or anything flies, I'm like, wow. Yeah. But now nice. I'm just like so just expecting because nothing, nothing ever takes, nothing ever works. So it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I and then and then all of a sudden that's when the real humility hits. Mm-hmm. And um, me and my manager, because it's just like it's just me and my manager. Right. Like he's. It's sick because he doesn't even do personalities or like people like he does like bands. He does like Bad oh, Bad right. Not Good and like Ryan Hemsworth works with like Charlotte Day Wilson, like music people. Nice. Which and, we haven't talked about. We have to talk about. But poor, oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about music forever. Well, that's the, the whole the, thrust of the podcast. But we got to talk about is that what you talk about his music. Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because that's like, you know, my I love music. Well, do you want to talk about music? Let's talk about music. Yeah, let's stop talking about television. Stop patting about, ourselves yeah, on the back. I'll stop, or just stop fucking. <laughs> stop bringing up fucking bad memories that I have <laughs> for you. Trauma. Yeah, my whole my fucking trauma I'm still living in. What it's like? Uh, do you remember like the first music you heard where it was like special to you in terms of? Yeah. Like, oh, this is not what my parents listened to. Yeah. What um, was it? First time I heard Danzig. I think like okay. I think um, my sister's boyfriend or something had a tape. And uh, was it wasn't um, what's the fucking band uh, right now? I'm trying to think of his previous band, Misfits. Yeah, was it the Misfits or was it Danzig? No, it was Danzig. Okay. It was it was Danzig Two, I believe. Right. Um, and you, you have an older sister? Yeah, yeah. That's such a, older, a thing, man. I have an older sister, older brother, and then a younger brother. So you got the you got to benefit from all their yeah. Their hard well, my older brother, he never he was into like Creed and that kind of stuff. So oh, and then oh. I was just like. Whatever we never t- we ne- like it was like my older brother never showed me any kind of music. Yeah, I always thought he was just like a weirdo. I will take you higher. Yeah, he was just like, like he was always like a STP or like that kind of stuff. Yeah, which great, is fine. Outstanding like, cool, music. But I was like, so I went kind of like I think I heard like Danzig, mm-hmm. and then I heard like Deicide once, and I was like, what is this? Like, what's this metal thing? And I remember being like deicide. It was like this tape. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then in grade six, I got White Zombie, La Sexatristo or whatever, like their first album. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is amazing. And then I kind of got into like Manson. So like by grade eight, which is a very Canadian thing, I guess, to say is grade eight. It's great. We get it. So in grade eight, I was like definitely just like. Wearing like white zombie t shirts mm-hmm. and Manson and, um, you know, like Rage Against the Machine, all that kind of like heavier stuff, like Deftones. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, in, in grade nine, I through Deftones, um, I remember, well, not through Deftones, but through my one best friend, Nate, who was the best man at my wedding. He was like, yo, check this out. I just got this tape and it was called the California Takeover and it was a hardcore comp okay um with like victory records bands it had like strife from here uh earth crisis snap case all these hardcore bands this is all stuff see i i was with you up until this point that's like where i kind of i think when that when that came around when that was exposed to me i started getting into like more older stuff like like okay. 70s r&b and stuff and okay. going away from rock but yeah you doubled down I, and got I, really into like the i only wanted like hardcore. the hardest shit so then like straight edge shit. straight edge shit yeah like hardcore straight edge Triple i was never X. straight edge though uh definitely never straight edge but, but you could say it people would believe you uh, yeah man it's weird up how until 21 everyone's straight edge to like 21 in the states everyone's yeah. like straight edge and then everyone's like youth crew's fuck and then they hit then they just listen to like neil young and the band and fucking smoke weed and get braids <laughs> but the um 
Yeah, no, and then I just got into hardcore. All and right. then like just like American hardcore. All I wanted to listen to was like Chromex, Agnostic Front, Madball. Wow. Um, you know, all the band like Syracuse, Victory Records, like all that like nineties mm-hmm. um 90s hardcore. Like, like you like the Discord stuff too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I got into the, that that kind of stuff a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once again, like and I got into that stuff like more in college. Right. So then like in college I started listening to like Sonic Youth, right, and that kind of stuff. Like, so I started listening to, like Sonic Youth and like Dead Milkman and like Husker Du and like all that kind of shit. Yeah. And so then I was into that kind of side, like replacements. I was really into like the replacements and like go through all those kind of phases of like more like adult, like smoking cigs and like drink, like when you're really drugging. And was so there that, like a correlation with ta- with your tattoo interest with all that stuff? Like, did you yeah, like a first like, tattoo around the same time you kind of got into? Yeah, I got Danzig. Like, I got this no, no, because the Danzig I probably listened to when I was in grade like three and four. Oh right. So this is that's like early childhood memory stuff. So you were early cool. Yeah, been cool, bro. See, I was not yeah. early cool. Yeah. I had to, I had to work for this shit. I yeah. had to do a lot of listen to a lot of crap and like <laughs> a lot of real trashy shit stuff. That I'm no. embarrassed of. I'm embarrassed of. I'm just like. That was then, and this is now. Yeah, yeah. I've been cool since. I've always been cool. I think. I think Canadians, not to say that in like a weird ego way, but like I've always been like kind of ahead. Where I was yeah. just like, I've always been like, okay, this is what's up. I was, I was always just maybe like an outsider. That's a word. The head is a word that I think people don't use as much anymore. That I think is a perfect description yeah. of it because it's like when you know if you're ahead, you know ahead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because I've been collecting records for a long time, I feel like a lot of record collectors are heads. You got? I'm probably like 3,000 maybe at this point. It's bad. <laughs> okay. But I, I pulled, <laughs> I went on a full breaks. Well, full breaks is like, you know, maybe once a month buying a record. But yeah. I, because I was really going down this rabbit hole with reggae, and it was like, um, it just was a kind of thing where I realized. Just, do you, I, like, see with reggae? Yeah. I'll just put on like Scientist. Well, sci- you know, Scientist lives here. Really? Yeah. He is alive and well. He's one of the, I Crazy. mean. Have you uh, ever had him on the podcast? I'm going to. It's just one of those things where I have, I have to do it. I have to put him do it. Otherwise, I'm, yeah. if I don't do it, he's going to, you know, he's going he's to go. leave us. He's going to go to the Dude. great lab Scientist in the sky. is like my, like, chill. I'll put on some incense. Well, I'll put on Scientist now. So you like dub. But Scientist. Yeah. I like dub way more than reggae. So, for sure. Well, so you're, you're setting off sort of my, <laughs> my reggae elitists. Uh, I want to start yeah, a reggae I'm lecture now because. Essentially, I mean, dub is reggae. Well, sort of not. I don't know. Because uh, I hate ska, too. Yeah. Do you hate ska? I hate. I you hate, hate I ska. I do not like. The, like you don't like if second wave. If somebody ska, was like, wave ska. if somebody was like, hey, the specials are playing. I was like, I don't give a fuck. What about if it was someone like Ken Booth was playing? No, I don't know. He's like first wave. I don't even know. Okay. See, ska to me is just like. I can't. I think you would like first wave ska. Probably. There's first wave ska that sounds sort of like. Just like moon stomping. Like jazz. Yeah. It sounds like we- weird kind of loungy jazz that happens to have a... Like what's, 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 what's with the Trojan Records stuff? Trojan Records is like the Trojan skinhead, Re- ska well, stuff. Trojan Records is... that is, more reggae? That's more reggae, right? Do you want me to get into it? I might as well get into know. it. We're talking I'm, about no, music I'm going to get into We've it. We've gone through full circle. We're going deep okay. here. Trojan Records was I started... I think it's about <laughs> 435, maybe 5, almost. Trojan Records uh, started in... Kingston by this guy named Duke Reed, mm. and it was just a—it was a label. It was a record label. It was one of the first. It was one of the first three reggae label reggae labels. So Trojan has everything. They have ska. They—they they were one of the first people to put out anything really. But along with Studio One and to some extent Prince Buster's label, they were the um, like the progenitors of reggae essentially. So they. 
God, I'm trying. I'm forgetting some of this stuff. But Duke Reed basically, he was one of the first people. They'd have these sound clashes and stuff with well, other labels and stuff. Right. So they're the. They're not just um, anything. They 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 run the gamut, like all styles. They've been around forever, and they have they've represented. How long have like, we been doing this? I don't want to cut you off. I'm getting like a ten thousand text messages about oh, this shit. event. You want to do a quick break? Let's do a quick break. I just cut you off. So sad. <laughs> but but you cut me off. Supposed to be doing. So, I know. I got you wrapped up. Ra- I was I rambling you, about like something I don't. I asked you a question and then I yeah. fully stopped listening. Went onto my cell phone. I noticed, but I was like, <laughs> I noticed, but I was like, okay, he's giving me a chance to get this to get yeah, this I'm preach out. And but then I was realizing this is too too long of a story to and explain I'm like, wait, here. I'm supposed to be doing something else right now. Everyone's blowing me up. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with a quick break. We're here with Matt So right back. Hello. I don't care what he says, Bert. Do you know for a fact that this man is trained for this kind of thing? No. No, I can't give you any more information right now. Clippers win tonight. How long are you doing? Tomorrow I'm doing the dinner in the Ace Hotel. And then, yeah, lobster supper. Damn. Are we right, are recording again? Yeah. I like that. You're just on. That's well, good. You, know, you miss everything. Yeah, I know. It's good. Yeah. That's always good. To the do. archivist. Yeah. Tomorrow we're doing the dinner. So my buddy, I just invited invited a bunch of people. And then people are like, oh, I have things to do. Like go to the Clipper game. And you're like, oh, basketball. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Can I, go? Su- Can I go? Do you want to go? No, I mean like that's what you said. Yeah. I was like, I should I don't want to like, go to the Clipper game. I don't want to get your lobster though. How long are you here? Texting. Oh my god, everyone's a loser. Okay. So Trojan dude, how Records. How long are you here, dude? How, how long, long are you, are you here? For? We okay. gotta hang out. This is my favorite we... thing. How long are you in town for? Oh, I guess I'm tonight. But are you here? Oh, actually, you know, I can't do it tomorrow. Oh, so why'd you ask? I know. I can't do it. You can't do that anything. Is the but that's the thing. Because <laughs> it's like you want that person to know that you do want to hang out with them, but yeah. you don't have time because you didn't know that they were coming. And yeah. That's why I, whenever I go to places. I'm trying to, like, not even text anyone. Because even making plans in L.A. is, like, fucked. I stopped doing it. When I go to New York, I just, like... Just go. I'm here. You go to work. Like, I go... I'm in New York a lot mm-hmm. for work. And it's, like... And I post on Instagram a lot. Right. And so everyone... So people know. People, yeah. But, yeah. I'm like, not even posting because of that. I'm just, like, I'm just, like, an idiot. I'm, like, I have to post every day. And I'm just, like, a psycho. And I'm a, kind of an idiot slave to the... To the to the gram, but you should be doing that. But the uh, but yeah, no, it is the worst because you're like, I'm here for. I, I hate when people get butt hurt because when you're in a town working and oh. they're like, what? We, you didn't hit me up. I'm like, dude, I was in town for like 14 hours and I went and did a bunch of work and yeah. then I went and had dinner with like the guy I did the thing with and then that's and I'm gone. I'm like, we gotta like, we're actual friends. Like, why are you stressed about like us not hanging out every single time I come to the city? Because every time I come to the city, it's. I'm not coming to the city to hang out. I'm coming to the city to work. And yeah. then hopefully I can hang out if we have time. And you can't do your work well if you're hanging out. And you can't hang out if you got to think about work. No. There's nothing that sucks. It's a conundrum. Thinking about like. It's a conundrum. Conundrum. One of my favorite bands. Conundrum. One of my favorite hardcore bands. Conundrum. Can you X, like, conundrum. Do you like conundrum? Do you like conundrum? I don't know. Conundrum. I feel like any word can be a hardcore band. Yeah. You could say anything right now and say, yeah, I'm really into fucking uh, Dobro, uh, Lamp- Cash Sisters, uh, Thunder Guys. <laughs> Thunder Thighs. Uh, Drywall. Lampshade. Uh, Lampshade would be a good. Lampshade. Crust Band. 
Those all sound like real bands. Vortex, Destroyer. But you got really into that shit. Yeah, so that, I just and got into just hardcore. Stay, and then it. That's it. I still listen, you know. Um, I listen to hardcore still to this day more than probably any other genre of music. That's so, for sure. This sounds stupid, but... I listen to the same, like, 15 bands I listened to in high school more than anything still. Don't you find that hardcore sometimes, like its name, is too hardcore? Like, what do you listen to if you're not listening to that? Yeah. Um, like, on planes? I listen to, like, a lot of, like, Bonnie Prince Billy. Okay. A lot of Bonnie Prince Billy, you know, palace music. A lot of, like... Songs Ohio? Yeah, Songs Ohio, Ooh. for sure. That shit's kind of heavy, though. Yeah, it is it's heavy. a little emo. You know, rest in peace, Jason. Jason. Do you ever meet him? You know? I never met him, but I used to tour with a band that used to tour with him a lot. What band? A band called Ladyhawk from Vancouver. Okay. Who are incredible. What do you mean you tour with them? I used to tour with bands. I used to, like, bop around. See, I didn't know this. Yeah. Do you know the band Constantine's uh, from Canada? They're the best. Like, they're a rock band. Yeah. They're sick. Okay. So I used to bop around with them a little bit. Bop around with so Lady Hawk. Bop, bop around like, around like, like just go to her. Like not roadie, but the morale. I'd just go with them. Oh, so you were like a like a re- buddy. I would just be a buddy in the van. I'd like no kind of help way. load merch. How old or you were do this, it, this like uh, I don't know, in early twenties, I guess. So this is before you got really into being a uh, being cook. chef. Yeah, yeah. Cook. Like so, when I was just cooking, like when mm-hmm. I was just a line cook, I would tour a lot. So almost like a vacation, in a sense, you'd just go. Yes, out I would go away, like, oh, hey, we're driving out to Vancouver this week. Okay, I'll go a week and a half vacation. Yeah, so you just go or like I used to tour a lot with Cancer Bats, which is a band from Toronto. Those okay. are like my best friends, and like a band called Alexis on fire and like all these other bands that right. like um yeah that makes so much sense now i guess that, that totally like yeah that was that, like those are the moments like i even write about it like in my book like mm-hmm. did uh you know when i was 26 and opening up odd fellows um that's your there, restaurant yeah that was the name of the restaurant mm-hmm. and and literally there was like my five favorite bands touring all together across canada like a month-long tour and and i was just like i'm go obviously i'm going it was really, like that's a thing. Like I'm just going, and then the restaurant's opening, and I went and talked to like the owners. And I was just like, "Hey guys, like, do you think that we could like just put the opening of the restaurant back a month?" What they say? And they're like laughed. They're like, "What are you even talking about?" They're like, "We're opening the restaurant like next week." Like, what are you? What the? F- are you fucking insane? Yeah. And they're like, Either, "Do you want to be a chef or do you want to be like a roadie?" This was your first restaurant. Yeah. And you were the head chef. Yeah. So. And I still was just like in my head being like, I still wanted to have fun. I still wanted to be like, yeah. I want to go out on the road. I like, you know, didn't even have like a cell phone. So what happened? I chose to be a chef. So you I just didn't go. You didn't go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that was like kind of like one of those like turning moment or yeah. turning point times in my life where I was just like, I'm, I want to be, it was a, where I was like, I want to focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on being a chef. But like that was kind of the last time I, I, I would do some small little things. With bands, but I used to have like a birthday party weekend called Maddie Fest where I'd fly out my <laughs> friends' bands and they would play because we had a venue in the basement of Parts and Labor. Oh, cool. And so we used to have like bands come and play yeah. and, and uh, you know, it was like a 175 cap room in the basement, right. low ceilings, fucking shitty PA. Perfect. Yeah. We used to do like comedy shows and things and whatever. Is this in Toronto? Yeah. It was just like a venue, like a shitty dive bar venue. All the best venues I've ever done comedy have been in Toronto. Yeah? I don't know something about it. This is a weird thing where it's like... Smart people who also like to drink. Yeah. And it's cold, so there's a lot of there's a, there's a lower bullshit quotient in Toronto than there's right. in other cities. I've never been I've been to one live comedy stand up really? thing in my life. Where was it? 
in Niagara Falls. I went and saw like a buddy of mine do it in high school. Like yuck yucks or something like yeah, that. N- yeah, yeah, it was like literally something like that. Mm-hmm. And um and me and my my wife Trish, like she's been like bugging me. She's like, I really want to go to like a comedy thing. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Go to the comedy like, bar. It's it, it, yeah. Like, it, it's crazy. Like I'm buddies with um my buddy Jeff Danson. He does a thing called heavy sets. Everyone knows him as heavy. Okay. And he does like a lot of stuff at the, he does like a lot of stuff with like No Kid Hungry and charities. And he kind of has these like sets where it's like him hosting. And then right. he has like these guys come in and do comedy. And I've never gone to even support him. And I feel bad. Um, but I just get weird about even going out in public where I'm just like, I just want to stay inside. I'm right here. But the comedy stuff is like, it's crazy because I love watching it. Like I love watching like um, that fucking guy is so funny, I think. And he was on... Um, this thing's called like Kid Gorgeous. He did like yeah, seven nights at the fucking Radio City Hall. He's like this little whitewashed guy from like Boston. He's like best friends with like Seth Meyers. He used to write for like SNL. I probably know his name, but I don't know who he's the, amazing. Who is. He's like the funniest fucking guy. And it was so funny. He had a bit about making fun of like um kind of like motivational speakers, right. which is like my exact cliche kind of like i used to do drugs and now i don't now i'm successful and now here i am telling you that you can do it too kid and it's just like don't do crack and it's just like he had this whole thing about it and it was the funniest fucking thing and i just like stand-up comedy it's just comedy in general is the best like it it is like great it's some of those things where laughing doesn't matter who you are like how much money you have it's like it's kind of like food isn't it it is a lot when you said that in the book i that's the first thing i thought was it's the same as comedy because you can have like a show where some fucking super famous person drops in and does a set but a lot of times some dude broke ass motherfucker who just is having a night crushes harder than anyone and just because it's just a weird i don't know it doesn't make any sense it's like a ethereal kind of there's no um there's no metric to it there isn't i love it it's on it's honest because it's it's very it's just like either it's gonna make you laugh or it's not and i love like the not laughing stuff too because i find that funny like when people i love when people are bombing it's great because i just think it's like they're dying you're watching somebody die but they're not dead that's like a thing they're alive they're white walkers yeah you're still alive i remember the first time i headlined and i bombed it was a thing where i felt so like when, when you're not bombing is when you say a joke and somebody doesn't laugh yeah that's a bomb Totally. And you have to continue, and then you tell another going. one, and they don't laugh, and then you die more. Well, you do, but you also... Or do you understand, or do you have a, a thing where you can, like, switch and be like, now I'm going to bomb pro-bomb, well, and, like, just go down? Like, it kind of depends, I guess. This thing I'm thinking about, yeah. I was just bombing because I was having to do so much material, and I was doing a casino, okay. which is the worst place in the, wor- the earth. Yeah. No one wants to be there. No. So, especially not seeing fucking me talking to them. And it was a thing where I felt it was going really poorly, but the fact that I wasn't like, it didn't affect me. It didn't make me sad. Mm. Felt so good to just be, oh, it's, it's like getting shot and you're like, oh, I'm still alive. And so I keep shooting you. Oh, these aren't affecting me. It's crazy to, to live through something that seems like it's the worst thing that can possibly happen to you. And it like renews your, it's like, holy shit. I didn't, something about that. It's like a rebirth of sorts or just like a. You realize that there's nothing that can really hurt you, I guess. I love that. Yeah. The one thing I want to ask you, because I have to ask, because my wife wants to know, is about your relationship with, uh, is it Rang? Yeah. Master Rang? Yeah. How'd you guys meet? 
Just he was my boss. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He Rang is just like literally he was like running the restaurant I went and worked at. He's he's Vietnamese? He's Vietnamese, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then um and that's it, really. Like he literally was my boss. Did and I worked have, like, with a him. Nice, it seems like you have like a very chill I don't know, something very It's just uh, like we care we love each other. Yeah. That's all. It, 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 it's, it's real. We just love each other. We're, we're, we've been friends since 2003. Um, he was my boss and then my friend. Like, his kid is named Matthew after me. That's so cool. Um, you know, he's 10. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, it, it, it rang as, and, um, you know, the craziest thing, actually, is, like, the best thing that has happened to me mm-hmm. is, like, rang getting the notoriety and the love that I have for him from so many people. And like, he was just working at a a French bistro. Right. As you know, a chef making not a lot of money. And he's been on like, I don't know, five or six episodes. And he gets, he, I keep telling him he needs to charge more, but he cooks up. He's like a personal chef. He just goes and cooks at people's houses fucking two, three times a week, makes so much money now. And his whole life has changed. And, like, that is something that is, like, real. And, like, one of those, like, Oprah moments kind of thing Mm -hmm. where you're just like, man, we made this funny fucking kind of TV show. And, like, Rang's life has changed. My life has changed, too. But it's just, like, like as a deflector of, like, me, like, Rang's life is changing. And, like, Rang used to be, like, a psycho fucking chef that used to like beat the shit out of me you know he like he not seem like that at all that's so cool he no rang like used to be like the most military guy. spit in your face he used to call me everyone like he always like on the show like he used to just call me fat boy he used to just like spit in my face and hate me and like that's spit crazy. in everyone's face he used to just crush everyone in the restaurant all the time fucking cook fat boy cook fat boy you fat fuck what the fuck fucking fat boy fucking cook like just like in your face all day long so it's like a hazing thing if you make it through it yeah you have absolutely Bond that Cook, is that's the same thing. The restaurant business is dark as fuck, that's and crazy. it's getting better. But it, it, but Rang was, um, you know, we got through that fog, and we became like really good friends. And you know, we've made a few TV shows together, mm-hmm. and like that's the thing too, where it's like I kind of want to go on the road and not do like stand up comedy shows, but I want to kind of do like live performances. Yeah, where it's like me and Rang, and uh, which again would just help him and myself, obviously, but like. You know, like if we can get Rang, like everywhere I go, people ask me, where's Rang? I'm like, well, Rang isn't just like in my pocket. Yeah. He's like, has a life. He has a child he Uh takes care of, you know, he's a single dad. And it's just like, you know, like it's one of those things that he's just like the best fucking guy. And and everything that happens is the best for him. Like, I really think that, um, I just think that it's an amazing thing that has happened through, you know, dead set on life where we kind of, the, the, the crazy thing, like the arc through dead set on life is kind of us telling Rang's story. Yeah. Cause we tell Rang's story kind of through the three, ep- the three seasons of dead set. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's an amazing thing that w- like he, we got to tell this, like he was just a kid in a small village in Kanawha in Vietnam wow. during the war. And then he like, stole a boat with his friends and they went drifting into the ocean, got picked up by fishermen, brought to Malaysia. You know, hold on. We got a knock on the door. Hello. Hello. Oh, wow. This is going to be good. Hi there. Sorry to bother you. I just have a minute in here for your card. Oh, yeah. And a free beer and a Rice Krispie Treat. Wow. Yeah, you so much. Have a good night. Appreciate it. No problem. What is that? A can of beer, a Rice Krispie Treat, and a what? 
A little late, right? Yeah, just <laughs> fuck. They're just dropping off like a free Rice Krispie uh, Square. I'm gonna a eat this. Can of beer. But um, yeah, no, like Rang is the fucking man. That's crazy. He's uh, he seems so so mellow. That what you told me about. That's crazy. Yeah, he's like. Well, just to think, like I learned. Do you want the Rice Krispie? I I do like Rice Krispies a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I want to say is like, well, I learned how to cook French food. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the craziest thing. I learned how to cook like classic French food from a Vietnamese kid, immigrant, that was like a refugee, even. A refugee brought over to Canada, to Newfoundland, mm-hmm. and like has like the gnarliest stories. Dude. Like, his first foster family. He literally, there was a bunch of kids that lived in a fucking basement oh. on cots. They would like lock the door and they would like literally feed them a, like a bucket of cold spaghetti sauce and a bowl Jesus with like Wonder Christ. Bread. And like he was the only Asian, right? Like in Newfoundland. And it's crazy because like just think of this like he was the only Asian person there. Everyone just called him Chink his oh, entire God. life. And then he's like, when I got into high school, everyone just called me Bruce Lee. And, like, that's, like, where he came from. And, like, that guy to have, like, to have this kind of success is, like, the best. Yeah, because he's, he's survived all that. Yeah, man. Like, the world was against him. He, like, survived the Vietnam War. Went on a boat where most of the kids actually died because of yeah. starvation and water. And then went to a piece of shit, you know, a beautiful part of Canada. But, like... Bad Very people. Bad people that mm-hmm. like are just getting that, you know, that check, taking care of these like poor refugee kids, yeah, abusing them, all this kind of stuff. Triumphs that and like moves to Toronto and works his way up to being like literally the the chef. He wasn't the chef because this idiot guy was the chef, but Rand, right. the guy ran everything. Of like the best French bistro in the biggest city in Canada. Wow, you know, and yeah. it's just like that's the kind of shit. Like he ain't doing that for camera. He ain't doing that for anything. Mm-hmm. He's doing that because that's what he had to do. And, like, that kind of shit is just, like, unreal. Where Rang, no one can fuck with Rang. Yeah. So you said something earlier about how it was really aggressive in the kitchen stuff and how you think it's getting better. So it just makes me think, like, obviously, like, Rang is a product of his experiences. Yeah. And a lot of people who cook are the same way with their product, that heavy experience. Do you think that, that when you say it's getting better, you mean it's getting better, like, Kitchens I, are soft, like not as, ag- no, as aggressive? No, or? Kitchens are just being, people are being more aware that it's not good. <laughs> it's not nice to, yeah. to work on like that. And I think you can get better food uh, and work under stressful conditions and be nice and polite. And, and it's just about communication. Yeah. Really? I always said like if, you, if your chef's yelling and th- like there's those chefs that like throw pans and yell at things and, you know, these like kind of. You know, didn't Rang do that to you? No, Rang used to like smash me a bit, but like, I like, but I always say that those are the chefs that aren't in control, right? Because you can't read people's minds. So, like, if a chef, if you do something and a chef's like, What the fuck are you doing? and you're like, Well, I don't know what you want, and if you didn't tell me in the first place, then it's your fucking fault that I did something that you didn't tell me to do, that you did tell me to do, but you didn't. Because you don't know how to communicate because you were up all night doing drugs and fucking the hostess. So you're a fucking piece of shit. So get away from me. And I think, like, that kind of stuff is dying. And I think that that's an amazing thing. Like, and I think that um, restaurants are definitely on the mend 
because we were we're just as bad we're just as bad or worse than like the movie industry and like all these Harvey Weinstein's and yeah. Mario Batali's and like all of these fucking pieces of shit men that are in power that fucking try to destroy people's lives mm-hmm. and take advantage and all that kind of shit and that whole bro masculinity bullshit is just like brotherhood of secrecy and yeah stuff. it's really dark and it's really tough and I'm happy that. Um, and I always say that I'm kind of like lucky that I never like was groping anyone and I always had like an amazing girlfriend. Uh-huh. And, like I wasn't a piece of shit, but I'm like, I'm not a piece of shit because I just wasn't a piece of shit. And those p- men that are pieces of shit and they'll always be pieces of shit mm-hmm. and they just need to go away and they need to give room for amazing chefs and people that really care about taking care of people work and get shine. Sounds good. Yeah. What's the cookbook called again? Maddie Madison, a cookbook. It's there you go. Simple. Easy to remember. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Maddie. Thank you for having me. We've been here. Bye. So much it's gonna make you say what you hear.